not just a win on Thursday night, one of the most memorable nights in the history of the Indiana women's basketball program. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Friday episode of Locked On Hoosiers. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We are your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Indiana women's basketball team. Man, what a night Thursday was. Number two, Ohio State versus number six, Indiana in Assembly Hall. I was there. If I sound a little hoarse throughout this podcast, apologies. It's not going to be your best ASMR podcast uh, today, but one of the most memorable nights I've ever had in Assembly Hall. And I was at the watch shot game. I'm going to mention that in a minute, but as memorable a game, as memorable of a night as there's been in Assembly Hall, the largest crowd for a women's regular season basketball game in Assembly Hall 10,400 people in attendance to watch the Hoosiers knock off the Buckeyes, move to 19-1 and on the season. It was interesting at times, and it was exhilarating. It, it was quite the contest for Indiana. I'll, I listen, earnestly, and I'm not saying that because I was there, the crowd deserves so much credit for uh, this victory. Terry Morin mentioned how great the crowd was in the post game they were loud they were insane i like i said and i've said many times on this podcast i was at the watch shot game for the since that night i never thought i'd hear anything as loud as that game last night compared to it it was right up there with it it was very loud and in the third quarter which we'll discuss more in a minute. It was as sustained loud as I've ever heard. The watch shot was like this, this moment where everybody collectively lost their minds on Thursday. It was like a two minute stretch, maybe 90 second long stretch where everybody just kept yelling. And it was unbelievable because Indiana struggled in the first half on Thursday they went into the locker room down, I believe, seven points, and or they were down four points heading into the locker room. It was uh, 36-32. Only three players had scored. Mackenzie Holmes, who was unreal, uh, Yarden Garzon, and Grace Berger were the only three players to score. IU was a bit of a mess. And then the third quarter happens, one of the most insane runs I've ever seen in a game, just period, not in person, not on no qualifiers, just a 23 to three run against the number two team in the country. They trailed 38, 32 at the seven fifty eight mark of the third quarter with a minute 42 left. They led 55 to 41. I've never seen anything like it. Ohio state was completely rattled. They couldn't, call plays the their ball handler was having to dribble up directly next to the coach to call a play 
They were doing signals that looked like they were quarterbacks on the sidelines signaling in a play. And then they were there were turnovers and mistakes happening that just it snowballed. It got really bad. Garzon caught fire. She hit three threes. There was a 17-0 run in that 23-3 run. She hit three threes during it. She came away with a steal that led to a fast break layup. The most remarkable sequence, and I think the clearest sign of the impact the crowd had, is Garzon hits a three, places going bonkers. They come down. She she is great at kind of sneaking up on the blind side of defenders and picking their pocket. She did it twice on Thursday. She's done it a couple times this season. She goes in for a layup. Assembly Hall is deafening, and Ohio State comes down and can't even complete a pass. They throw it directly to Sydney Parrish, who went down and laid it up and had to use two timeouts in that 17 to nothing run, and it didn't work because IU went on. It was a 23-3 to run by the end of it. They were completely rattled. They they talked about it after the game that they couldn't hear. They, they couldn't call plays correctly because it was so loud. They were struggling with communication. Look, it, you see it in the men's game all the time. To see it for the women's team that absolutely deserves this. It was a memorable night. It was a fun night. It was... I, I The crowd made a difference in this one. And hats off to them. Hats off to this, this uh, IU team, excuse me. The resiliency they showed in this. That was a really ugly first half. But it was ugly in a way that you didn't feel like it would last. IU was creating open looks, open three-pointers, open shots. And Terry Morin said her message at halftime was keep doing what you're doing. Because if you're going to lose missing open shots and and playing and creating the right looks, then so be it. Sometimes it's not your night. But the process was fine. The results just weren't there. The results just came in an avalanche in the third quarter and blew this one wide open. The, the problem Ohio State ran into we mentioned it on Thursday show was they've had big comebacks this season. They tried to do that on Thursday. And the way they do that is they create pressure with the press that just IU tore their press apart, especially in the second half. They got sped up just a little bit in the first half. I think they had 11 turnovers. I didn't wa- I rewatched the second half. I didn't rewatch the first half. It didn't feel like a lot of them were the result of the press. It just kind of felt like IU was being a little sloppy. But specifically that second half, the press was completely ineffective. IU did a fantastic job of staying calm, knowing they had 10 seconds, putting someone in the middle of the floor, and whether it was Grace Berger, Chloe Moore McNeil, Parrish, Gerzon, Scalia, whoever it was, they knew exactly what to do, where to be, where the teammates were. They did not once struggle with the press. So Ohio State couldn't come back because for the final five or six minutes, IU would break their press, run 30 seconds off the shot clock, most of the time score, and then Ohio State would race down and try to get a bucket, and they were making a fair amount of them. But then the the process would repeat, and IU would be able to run another 30 seconds off the clock, and the hole was too big, IU was too poised and calm down the stretch. And this one, it got to single digits in the fourth quarter, it didn't feel like it was ever going to get away from Indiana. They were they were never sped up again in that second half, and they iced this one away. Grace Berger, did, as always, in the fourth quarter, iced this one away. 
Let's talk about some of the individuals that, that played the biggest role in this victory. Before we do that, today's sponsor is our new partner, one we're really excited about in FanDuel. They're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better because they have a ton of great offers, including right now, new customers that join today are going to get $150 in free bets. Guaranteed. All you have to do is make one $5 bet, and you don't even have to win it. Just make a $5 bet, you'll get $150 in free bets just by signing up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. It's right there for those watching on YouTube. There's your link. Uh, they have all your favorite bets from money lines to point spreads to player props. Uh, the Hoosiers men team, men's team will take on Ohio State on Saturday. You can bet on that one. And it's a simple set, simple app. It's safe. It's easy to use. I use it all the time. I'm a big fan of FanDuel, no pun intended. Uh, So football fans, basketball fans, whatever you are, don't miss out. Get on there today or this weekend. Bet on the IU game. Put that $5 down on on this link. And then you're going to have $150 in free bets for the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. So take advantage of it now. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out the Locked On College Basketball podcast. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Mackenzie Holmes, you have to start there. 26 points, 4 rebounds. Was 11 of 13 from the field. Could not be controlled. Could not be handled. Ohio State had no answers for him. Uh, Rebecca Mikulashikova, I think I got that right, uh, tried tried her best in the first three quarters, but picked up three fouls in the first three quarters, and then they just didn't play her in the fourth because they were trying to speed things up a little bit more. The only reason IU was in this game at halftime was because Mackenzie Holmes was phenomenal. She was carrying IU when they had absolutely nothing going for them in the first half. She was scoring at will in the post. While IU didn't really have anything else going for it offensively, they were missing open looks. They were having the turnover problems. Everything that Mackenzie Holmes was doing was working. So a huge hat tip to her. She didn't even really score a lot in that third quarter run. She did a little bit towards the end. She did all of her work in the first half and kept Indiana within arm's reach so that they could go on that third quarter run. Uh, Not to say she didn't have big plays in the second half. She had a couple and ones. She's so smart with her uh, work in the post, creating angles. And IU is so, so good at finding her with injury passes, Grace Berger specifically. So uh, they took advantage of that. Ohio State could not handle her. She was also really key in the the press break as well because uh, she could she's mobile she can get down the floor so a couple times Indiana got three on twos or two on ones or or just found Mackenzie Holmes wide open behind the defense and she was able to finish or at least uh, there was a three on two where she was on one side Garzon was on the other everybody was very aware about where Holmes was they could kick it out to Garzon she buried a three so. Even when she's not the one scoring, she's impacting how teams defend the Hoosiers and other players are taking advantage of it. Garzon, my word, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 
first double double of her career and it was enormous she struggled a bit shooting in the first half though she was one of the only people who was scoring she didn't struggle at all in the third quarter i believe 11 of her points came in that third quarter three threes in that layup um phenomenal caught fire in that quarter and showed some emotion she's not typically one that that shows a ton of emotion but after that third three-pointer timeout was called uh she was she was fired up in every right to be so huge huge night from her again it's hard to to put in she's a freshman that is on a iu assuming they win sunday against rutgers is on a top five uh, team in the country starting and putting up 20 and 10 against the number two team in the country so just keep that context in mind when you're marveling at how good Garzon is this season uh, phenomenal for the Hoosiers and she stepped up in a huge way for Indiana on Thursday night uh, Grace Berger we mentioned she again not a great night she didn't have a great night against Michigan until the fourth quarter and then she kind of closed things out it was very similar on thursday in that she was she wasn't bad she just kind of struggled and then the fourth quarter came around and she's like all right let's uh let's ice this one she finished with 12 points six assists uh, a couple rebounds was four of nine from the field she even hit a three-pointer uh <laughs> she hasn't done that uh maybe at all this season i i don't remember one so uh, she was wide open on the weak side, I think, late in the shot clock and just buried a, a three-pointer. So she everything she did in the fourth quarter was really good. It worked, and it helped IU close out the game because they could slow things down, and then Grace and McKenzie would run a pick and roll and lead to either a McKenzie bucket, a Grace mid-range shot, Grace getting to the rim, whatever it was, it worked for the Hoosiers in the fourth quarter. A lot of that was due to just how good Grace was. And, man, it is a joy to watch her play basketball. There are a number of different people who stepped up. Sydney Parrish had a double-double, 12 points and 11 rebounds. She did everything, as always, on both ends of the floor. Chloe Moore McNeil stuffed the stat sheet, 4 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. Uh, played really good defense on... Taylor Mikesell for most of the game. Mikesell got it going a bit in the fourth, but that was the only time she really had things going. And hats off to Gears on because Cody McMahon, freshman for Ohio State, is a stud. I think she had 18 points at at the half, and Terry Morin said that Gears on took the challenge in the second half to shut her down, and she only had three points in that second half. So hats off to Gears on. It wasn't just the offensive end where she made an impact. One other name I want to mention uh, came up with some big plays in this one. Lily Meister, two points, five rebounds in five minutes. But she made some some big plays. They were uh, moving McKenzie Holmes in and out of the game. She was in some foul trouble, so they wanted to, to do some offense for defense subs and try to buy some time for Holmes to get some rest and uh, stay fresh because, I like we said, Ohio State had no answer for her. Lily Meister came up with a couple of big rebounds, a couple drew a foul, a big foul in the the third quarter. It was big minutes for the freshman, and she stepped up and made some big plays. So hats off to her. It's not going to show up in the box score other than I mean it doesn't look like an impactful game at two points and five rebounds, but some important plays from her. It allowed the Hoosiers to rest McKenzie Holmes and not 
lose out too much because she was able to make some hustle plays, make some, uh, draw some fouls and, and keep the Hoosiers above water without, uh, McKenzie. As I said, IU will host Rutgers on Sunday. Not a ton to talk about in that one. Rutgers is nine and 13 this season, three and seven in the big 10, uh, coming into the year and i'm not certain if this has changed they only had like seven or eight players on the roster Uh, they might have added some walk-ons or some things like that but uh they have one two three four five six seven eight players on the roster two of them are freshmen one of them is a grad student so uh that is probably the best summary of why they're three and seven in the big 10 they are coming off a win they beat penn state at home on thursday but they've lost to michigan state big they lost to michigan big they lost to maryland big um it's a team that has struggled this season and the hoosiers should take care of business on sunday not a not a ton to really preview on that one if they if iu takes care of business they're going to be a top five team in the rankings I don't know how much you're going to jump. They're going to move up because Ohio State's going to go tumbling down after losses to IU and Iowa. So at the very least, they'll move up to the top five. We'll see how far they move up. I don't know that it's actually going to be a lot, but still a top five ranking. Like that's amazing. I'm not going to complain about that. Let's preview this men's game. They will play Ohio State on Saturday. McKenzie Holmes and Trace Jackson Davis are just kind of having this game of anything you can do. I can do better. Uh, so it's Trace's turn. Let's see if he can match dropping 26 on the number two team in the country. He'll have his shot on Sunday. Let's talk about that here in just a moment. IU will take on Ohio State. It's This is a weird time, just not a normal time that IU plays. 8 p.m. on Saturday night. This game will be on Fox, so should have a lot of people tuning in. Hopefully that is... Uh, Trace Jackson Davis going off and introducing himself to a national audience because everybody in the Big Ten is very aware of him. This Ohio State team is a funky team. They are, if you look at kind of their their scouting report on Kim Palm, it's a lot of green if you take the whole season into account because they started the year nine and three and one and zero in the Big Ten. They beat Rutgers at home, and we know how good Rutgers is. Their losses were to San Diego State, Duke, and UNC. All those are top 35 Ken Palm teams. They looked set. They looked absolutely one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Since a 10-3 and start, uh, they beat Northwestern to start 2-0 in the Big Ten. They have went 1-6. Lost to Purdue at home. Lost to Maryland on the road. Minnesota at home. Uh, I mean, we saw Minnesota the other night. IU shouldn't have won that one, but that's not a good Minnesota team. They lost to Rutgers on the road in overtime. Nebraska on the road. They beat Iowa at home and then lost to Illinois uh, in Illinois on Tuesday. So while they have actually a top 10 offense in terms of adjusted efficiency on Ken Palm over the course of the entire season. If you look at just conference only, this is an average team eighth in offensive efficiency, seventh in defensive efficiency, their ninth in effective field goal percentage. What it's two extremes. They're the best team in the conference at shooting threes, 41.7%. 
They are the worst team in the conference at shooting twos, 43.4%. So uh, they're going to take a lot of threes. They're going to make a lot of threes. Uh, it's going to be a matter of if IU can keep them off the three-point line and make them earn it inside, basically, because that's just not something that they do. They are – it's such a weird dichotomy with this team, and it's hard to really explain what ha- what's happened to them because they look like a legitimate contender and then have fallen off a cliff in – the month of January, really. Once it turned to 2023, they have uh, completely struggled. And if you look at them defensively, they're dead last in the league at not allowing offensive rebounds. So whether it's Trace, Race, Geronimo, Malik, they should be able to make them work on the glass. They give up a lot of free throws. They're 11th in free throws per field goal. So they're putting teams on the line. So the Big Ten with Big Ten officials, who really knows if that's going to matter? They don't allow teams to shoot well from three. We know that really doesn't matter with Indiana. But they do allow teams to shoot well inside, and that does matter with Indiana. We could be in line for another big Trace Jackson Davis game. Uh, they do. Uh, they are good in terms of kind of blocks and steals and turnovers and whatnot. So IU will have to take care of the ball and be smart. But there's reason to believe that they'll be able to do some work inside. It's a team that added a lot of freshmen. Bryce Sensabaugh is a leading scorer at 17.4 per, points per game. Justice Suig is at 13 points. Zed Key is at 11.8 points. But there's just not a lot of size on this team. And that is uh, where the Hoosiers can take advantage. There's nobody listed. Zed Key is 6'8". And so he's going to be the kind of the closest in terms of size. It's going to match up against Trace. Felix Okpara is a freshman center from Nigeria. He went to school, high school in Tennessee and Missouri, but 6'11", 220. He's played in all 20 games, averages 13 minutes per game. There might be some more time for him on Saturday, but... Again, on paper, this looks like it could be a big game for Trace Jackson Davis. It's really... That's, I mean, we know Trace is going to show up. It's going to be everybody else for Indiana. Are they going to to take uh, the game against Minnesota as kind of a wake-up call and get back on track on Saturday? Or are they not going to kind of learn the lessons they need to from that one? That's going to be the biggest question. This could be one of Indiana's best wins on paper this season. Again, it's hard to say. Ohio State is 20th in Ken Palm. Clearly things are not right, and that ranking is factoring in a lot of what happened at the beginning of the season. So, but it would be the only only the second top twenty win Indiana would have it in the for Ken Palm and the other one being Xavier. So it might look good on paper and on a resume if you take out all the other contexts. Regardless, you're welcoming in a team that has lost six of its last seven games you win that one. You need to win this game and make sure that skid continues. So Ken Palm predicts Indiana to win 76 to 73, a 61% uh, win probability. Let's hope the Hoosiers can extend that win streak to five and really start to move up the big 10 standings Uh, at five and four. They are fifth. Uh, Everybody's played different amount, different amounts of games. So it's hard to, really look at like they're one win behind Michigan state 
they would I, I would imagine the tiebreakers head to head so they could move up into fourth they're one loss behind northwestern and they're one game behind rutgers that's a it's confusing for no reason but regardless this is a game i think indiana should be winning hopefully they come away with that victory on saturday regardless of the result we'll be here on monday to recap it we'll probably actually go live after the women's game uh the women play rutgers on sunday so be sure you're subscribed on youtube be sure you're following us on twitter so you can jump in and join the conversation the women play at 2 p.m on sunday so four or five o'clock on sunday evening uh, you guys can look for a live show up on the YouTube if you want to come in and join that conversation. Thanks again, guys, for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Well, what a night for Indiana basketball. Let's see if the men's team can follow suit on Saturday. Be sure you follow us on Twitter. Subscribe wherever you're listening or watching on YouTube. We'll be back on Sunday to do a live show after the women's game. Until then, guys, have a great weekend. And as always, Elio.